Happy Valentine's Day. We are live from the Edison Hotel, Times Square Chronicles presents. I'm Susanna Bowling, and my guests today are the perfect Valentine's Day guest. We're talking Stuart F. Lane and Bonnie Comley, who have been married for 28 years. They run and created Broadway HD. They've done 45 Broadway shows, 50 movies. Stuart's done seven books? Uh, yeah, yeah. Seven books. They've been married for 28 years. You're talking love and Broadway iconic celebrities. I'm so happy to have you. You also own the Palace Hotel. What is or the Palace Theater? What is happening with that right now? Oh, the Palace Theater is going through some major transformations over the decades that I've owned it. I mean, this is actually the second time it's going through a major development. Uh, back in the late 80s, when they had to increase the floor-to-air ratios and they were encouraging uh, building in Times Square, they built the Doubletree Hotel above the theater. Uh, this was more, even more exciting when another developer came to us and said, not only do I want to renovate the theater, and, but I want to elevate it 30 feet off the ground so that it is in the air and we can free up retail space on the ground floor. Have you seen it yet? Has it, is it oh, oh, yes. And let me tell you something. Craftsmanship is alive and well in New York. The, the, the quality, the workmanship is exciting to view. In fact, I joke that when we do get a show in there, people will be so busy looking and admiring the theater, they're not going to watch what's on stage. <laughs> is there a show that you're hoping will open the theater? Or can you talk about that yet? I can say there are several candidates out there. And there's a certain process which we're putting together to make sure that everything is working properly so that the HVAC isn't right, the pipes are there, and other, you know, uh, so that everything is working and ready for a major Broadway show. Bonnie, you're part of the league, and you also, with Stuart, created Broadway HD. Can you talk about that? Broadway HD is a passion project that we're going into our 10th year. Um, it's one of those things that I mean, Stu and I met because of the intersection of television and theater. I actually interviewed him for a uh, Broadway show that he was uh, producing, and the conversations were always around why isn't there more Broadway and theater on television. Um, I agree, because I started off with in LA, but they had, I think it was called the American Theater, and you would see plays in the movies. Yes, and I mean, we didn't come up with the idea. That. We didn't invent the idea of going into uh, Broadway theaters with cameras. I mean, PBS has been doing it for over 50 years. The BBC in the UK has been doing it. Um, but they, they have other content. They have other shows that they do as well. Um, but with Broadway HD, that's what we you know, looked at and said every time that we worked on a live Broadway show, and we had the opportunity to go in and capture it with cameras, we always felt that, you know, let's do this. Let's bring this show outside of these four walls of the theater and let the rest of the world see it. So any opportunity that we had to do that, we jumped on. So the first one that Stu was involved with was in 1992 when he did Will Rogers Follies at the Palace Theater oh. with Japan's satellite broadcast. Okay. They, I mean, they came in to produce the show uh, based on the fact that they were going to be able to get these rights to show it at pay-per-view in uh, on Japan satellite broadcast. So that was the first one. And then we did these others. We were part of the team for Legally Blonde on MTV. We worked with PBS. We did some in-cinema pieces. And we did about 10 of these 
shows where you go in and shoot the show on stage and put it on a television or a movie screen someplace. And then probably like 10 or 12 years ago, we actually, you know, kind of looked at each other and said, you know, we, people loved these things when we did them. Yes. Um, and, but it really wasn't a business there. And we kind of looked at each other and said, where is the business here? And I really, you know, at that time it was, you know what, it's going to be streaming. So we started putting together the technology platform to be able to show these things. And what we did was uh, we launched when we had a hundred titles, uh, which was just about 10 years ago. And uh, Wait, a, you launched with a hundred titles? We launched with a hundred titles. I love that. Yeah, well we, you know, we really wanted it, and it still is really a destination. You know, so what I think the legacy that Broadway HD will leave is that it is the destination if you want to watch theater on a screen. And I think that's what we did is we aggregated all this content into one place for theater lovers. I'll say we have over 350 shows on our website currently. Musicals, Shakespeare, Arthur Miller, uh, you know, Broadway's hits, Memphis, uh, we've got Kinky Boots. I mean, it's amazing. 42nd Street. Oh, a beautiful production, 42nd. I was there for that. I yes, right. Oh, and Mark, the director. Yeah. So Mark Bramble, who wrote the original book to the musical, directed that production, really caught the spirit of the original Gower Champion production. So it was amazing that we were able to catch it. It was also, if I might add, 50 years after I'd worked with Mark, and we had done the grand tour together back in 1979. <laughs> wow. I actually came to New York with that show because Wanda Richard and Karen Prunsnick were good friends of mine. Oh, so wow. I was, that's when I came first to New York, actually. Oh, super. So, of all the shows that you've been able to preserve, because you're actually preserving them as well. On a professional level, yes. Right. Yes. Of all the shows that you've preserved, which is the one that's dearest to your heart? Oh, that, they're all my babies, you know, it's hard to pick the one. Oh, why do people say this? We, I don't care, we all have favorites. <laughs> oh, well, if I had to pick a favorite, uh, probably 42nd Street would be the one because of all the work that went into it. Uh, and I go back to the original production. That was a year, I believe, New York and Broadway were coming back. And we actually had three major musicals that were making an impact on the industry. One of them was mine, Woman of the Year, one of my early shows I produced. The other was Sophisticated Ladies, the Duke Ellington musical. And the third one was 42nd Street, which really captured uh, you know, a, a, a live theater sense of what was essentially a Busby Berkeley movie uh, source. And it could be done on stage and done creatively. Very clever show. What's so brilliant about this production is that you get to see the feet. So if you wanted to know how the feet dance, I love that part of it. Come and meet those dancing feet. <laughs> Bonnie, what is your favorite? Um, I, I think I'll go with She Loves Me, uh, which oh. we did, uh, which was when Broadway HD was first launching, we really thought that the live stream part was going to be leading the business. And what we found out, we made the Guinness World Record with She Loves Me as the first live stream of a Broadway show. Wow. Roundabout. Um, and uh, it was great. I mean, we had like 84 different countries watching at that time live, which was amazing because we really didn't know if there was a global interest at that time. So I think that was one of the aha moments for us was like, wow, all these people are, 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 are interested in this content and these types of shows. So that and the, you know, the cast was Jane Krakowski, um, 
<laughs> oh, wait, she's not um, It was Laura Benanti um, and Zachary Levi. Right. And I think that she and loves me. And wait, you also had um, Arped, who played Arped, because he's gone on to do a lot of stuff since then. Gavin Creel? No, no, no it's not Gavin. It's um, he's got red hair. He okay, was we'll young. Figure that one I'll out. figure okay. it out. <laughs> like, but like he to get all the cast. Yeah. He literally has like gone on to like so much other things. All right. So see, I'm gonna uh, now I'm like being called out on my ignorance. Of no, the, it's of my the it's cast. my fault. I bring it up, but I don't no, remember no, no, his no. name. But the other thing I think that that I why I picked She Loves Me was uh, well two things. One was uh, there was a scene with ice cream when Laura oh, Benanti yeah. is like so depressed. Um, that she's just sitting, you know, eating ice cream in her pajamas. And during the live stream, she, you know, she always just ate her ice cream. Every time we were near that show and the live stream, she dropped the ice cream on her pajamas. Oh. <laughs> Which was like one of those things about live television. But what she did, because she's a pro, she, what any like, depressed in. person, <laughs> no, she ate it. So she like scooped the ice That's cream the off of her pajamas with her spoon and ate it. Which was brilliant it was just and and then afterwards when we were looking at it that we had another show that we shot and we said oh should we replace that and everybody said no because it was so perfect it only happened that one time uh, so that was one of the other things that was so special about that show and then the the, the other thing i think the real business part of it is that that was a 40 or 50 year old show that really wasn't very popular really and oh, yeah. since we did the capture that show has been licensed and done over and over and over in regional theater wow. so it really gave a show that was worthy but just sort of was not one that everybody went to so quickly. It See, I knew it, it so much because life. of Barbara Cook and then I did like several productions of that show actually but my favorite show that I think you guys did is Indecent Oh, yes, yes, that was... And, and, you know, beautifully done and important. You know, that's that balance of, of having a successful show financially and artistically. And that was a very important show to really capture. I think it's an incredibly important show. I mean, I'm so sorry that Harmony closed because I think that show was important. How to Dance in Ohio, same thing. It kills me when shows that really should make it because it's saying so much more. You know, Die. any Broadway show, and you can appreciate this, of course, the time, the effort, the years, the talent. So every show that comes into town doesn't happen overnight, you know, and, and so the, the, the heart that goes into it, everyone wants it. No one, does, no one sets out to do a bad show, right? So when it gets to Broadway, it's a certain level of professionalism, both, you know, set design, uh, you know, the choreography, the music has all been geared for the best. And I agree with you. I don't know why those shows have had to close so early. I liked both. I, I mean, they were, when I put up my list for the best shows of the year, they were both on it. Because I think they're important. I love the music. I love the fact that we had seven disabled children that were brilliant. Tough, oh tough my God, business. they were so good. Tough business. What, since we're on Valentine's Day, what is your most romantic musical? What musical do you go to for romance? That was produced on stage? Or? No, that is just your, it, it just sets your heart afire. Oh boy, I'll let you have that one. Well, I mean, we don't actually have a production of it yet, uh, but one show that I think is just an, uh, you know, and, you know, timeless love story is Lacage. 
and oh, Stu absolutely. actually produced the original Lacage back in 1983. Okay. But, but for context, the people, you know, 1983, we were sort of heading into the AIDS epidemic. People right. didn't know what it was. There was never a gay, if you want to call you know, a gay musical on Broadway. Mm. Gay shows were relegated and done off-Broadway. It was sort of allowed or whatever. Right. But there wasn't anything that was like this done on Broadway. So it was groundbreaking at that time, back in 1983, to do a love story that involved two men. Um, and I think that even in the staging of it was... And men were better in heels. <laughs> so sad. And, 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 and I think, you know, even in the staging of it, I mean, Stu will tell this story because he was one of the producers of that. If, with the, 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 the physical relationship, the, the, the kissing kind of thing. Yes, so. yes. So there, I mean, there was one thing to do a play like, like the Torchstone Trilogy that Harvey right. done. Uh, but to do it in a musical theater, uh, everyone was telling me it was a career killer. That there was no one's going to go see it. Really? I'm trying to raise money for it. I said, you're missing the point. Not only is it a social statement that it's making something important, the, the score that Jerry Herman is, is terrific. And it is the funniest way. And if you're going to sell something, do a little spoonful of sugar, if you will, to borrow a phrase, and to make the humor and comedy to sell important points, I think people will be more open to that. And Bonnie's uh, pointing out that at the end of the show, we had a huge debate. Is the audience ready for two men to be kissing on stage and walk off into the sunset? And back then, we sent them for just holding hands and walking off together. Today, anything goes, as the title goes. One of the things I love we about... Love anything goes. Oh! The, and that is a brilliant production. That's the London production, right? It's perfect. Yeah. The Sutton Foster that was done here. And she's brilliant in it. Oh, wait, you have both? We have, no, that's the same production. Um, I want to talk about, people don't know this about you. You guys are very much into philanthropy. You, the books that you've written about Broadway, let's talk about those because your last book was called? Well, the last book was Black Broadway, the African-American contribution to the American theater, which extends, it surprised me, extends back to the Revolutionary War days uh, and then extends to today, of course. Uh, so it was an exciting book to write. And, uh, and the photographs have been just fabulous. I was able to get from the library and the museums. Uh, I wrote but you were groundbreaking. That's groundbreaking because you, when did you write that? Oh, it was about five years ago now. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, the American theater is such a conglomerate. That's why I wrote Jews on Broadway as well. The contribution to the American theater. You know, that you realize they make up like 80% of musical comedy uh, oh, yeah. on Broadway. Uh, when you start putting the choreographers and the uh, directors and the performers together. So I've written that, and then I wrote how to put on a show, how to actually produce for the theater. So whether you're a community, summer stock, or Broadway, uh, you can get that book. It's still in... Wait, so in how to produce on Broadway, is it like a class? Is it like, like a workbook almost? Uh, yes, it gives examples and certain personal anecdotes of the wars I went through myself, so... <laughs> Uh, I can share a lot with that, but it's still a very popular book. I believe that we should share the wars that we go through so other people <laughs> don't have to go through the trenches. Yeah, well that book, um, they actually, when they approached Stu 
and we thought that was really exciting to talk about the shows and how to produce a Broadway show and the publisher said no we don't want how to produce a Broadway show because the people that will produce a Broadway show is like this little tiny number of people but we want to how to produce a show for anybody so really what he did was he took the experience that he had from doing Broadway and distilled it down so that anybody that even as he said was producing the kindergarten you know uh, musical could still there's a lot of things that still are the same like who's in your audience how do you involve the community how do you tell them where you are what's the theater is you know who's gonna play each part you know all of that that it really it it pros up as you go through the, the levels to get to Broadway, but there is a, a, a certain um, number of the, the steps that are all the same, regardless of the professional or the, the paycheck that's involved in it. I want to say that I find you two both to be the kindest, <laughs> most generous, <laughs> most giving people on Broadway. Would you say this is because you're so secure in your relationship that you have this together because ever since I've known you you guys have been nothing but generous and giving and you're so iconic that I thank you for that and what a no, title I, that we're the most you know the most of anything the most the best no of but anything. I mean I this really ever since I've that, known so. you like whenever I needed anything you were always there but I've seen you do it for other people I saw you do it for Eli Marcus I've seen you do it for everyone I've ever seen you do it with and well that's mostly Bonnie Bonnie's the generous one here well, she, but I, I, you are too I met you <laughs> first I think what it is is that we're just, uh, Stu and I have done sort of everything in show business. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have. Um, between the two of us, from being on stage to backstage to writing to, you know, just all of the positions. So I think that we really understand and can um, relate and sympathize or empathize with, with everybody that's on a team on a show or, you know, a, 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 whether it's theater or a TV show and I think that you know we have been so blessed to be successful that it doesn't you know it doesn't take away from our careers to turn back and try and help somebody else and I think that you know when um, you know for what an award that I got was um, from the WP theater was called you know and they it was a trailblazer and I and I loved that and in my speech there I said you know the you know, because people have said I was like great at something or did well at something, and that that's really nice. But I think the trailblazer thing, when I looked at what really is the definition of trailblazer, and because we get said, you know, a lot of comments about Broadway HD being, you know, trailblazing, is it the, is. is the that you're there, you're there, one of the first people, but you can leave a path, and that's I think always what we're doing is that we're blazing a trail and blazing a trail literally means that you're leaving a light and a path for somebody else to follow and I think that you know just the extra bit of like reaching back and go you know what there's room here for all of us and the more of us that do this yes. digital capture business and put tele you know put theater on television the more people are going to get used to it and the bigger the appetite is for it because we're just not you know we're theater fans but we're not a country of theater fans absolutely we you know there's 350 million people in this country and in a pre-pandemic year probably 75 percent of those 350 million would go and see a movie in the movie theater at least once a year 
but there's only about 15% of the, our 350 million that go to see a, a play or a musical. Which is so sad because the live well, experience sad, does offer you that, a great deal. Yes, but I think that what we have with Broadway HD is that we have the potential to capture these other 85% of our country and say, you know what, there's stuff over here that you will love. There's things here, and with Broadway HD, even when you say Broadway to people, they have a very specific idea of what it is, but they don't think that it has nuances within it. So they always think of like, hey, it's Kinky Boots. It's, you know, it's these big shows, and it really, or it's musicals, and it doesn't have to be. But even within musicals, you can have something that's a serious musical, or you can have something that's funny. There's drama, but there's, there's comedy or there's, there's tragedy there. So Something there's nuances for everybody. within the genre of Broadway itself, and I don't think people know that, and Broadway HD is the perfect way to experiment with this art form, is to say, oh, well really, I'm a Stephen Sondheim fan, or I really like Stephen Schwartz, or I like Andrew Lloyd Webber, or I only like plays, I don't want to see musicals. And it gives you, you know, the more experience that you have, interacting with a show, whether it's a digital piece or it's in person, the more you become knowledgeable, uh, educated consumer, and the more you're going to figure out how to buy the tickets for the shows that you like Andrew Lloyd ever. So when is his next show coming? So it's really about, you know, getting people accustomed to, you know, this as an art form and, and how to consume it. You we also, we also deal in an industry that's very generous with its talent. I mean, if you've ever seen actors who donate their, their night off, their one night off, you'll see them performing at charity events. They're donating their time, their talent, uh, that this is their livelihood that they're sharing with us. So the industry itself really supports itself. Uh, I'm on the board of the, uh, the Entertainment Community Fund, which used to be the Actors oh, Fund. Yes, and of course, uh, like, like athletes, we need support in an industry that, that is very precarious. And, uh, and, and the, the performers and the directors are just generous with their time and their talent. And that's kind of why we, we share our, ourselves with them. Well, I have to tell you, my son, you would think would have been a theater fan? No. He's, <laughs> he works in film. But I took him to see Be More Chill, and he fell in love with it. But because of Broadway HD, when he came back here, he went to see Gutenberg. He went to see uh, Emergence. He went to see, oh, he wanted to see Enemy of the People, but it was gone, because Jeremy Strong was it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, I want to see that play. And I'm like, do you know what it's about? He's like, no, I don't care. I want to see Jeremy Strong. And I, I love the fact that because of what you do, you're bringing in new generations of people that thought it was standoffish. That's why, like, I wanted to do the live podcast thing because I think that in being real and having um, flaws you did mystify something that people think is behind doors well it's an art form that was created for a certain segment of the population right, right? Broadway falls into the same category as ballet as opera as dance it really was meant for the elite it was really high art and culture. It was meant for the people that one had the time to go, two had the money to go, and three had the the background to understand what the story could have been, um, you know, what sort of you know 
what 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 are they making fun of in this comedy that I need to know? You know, so it was it was really built for a certain segment of the population. And as we were able to put theater on television, we were able to broaden who what the shows were that are being served. And I think that the Broadway League is doing that now. We're really looking at things and saying we need to have shows, we need to have musicals and plays that are really telling different stories in order to get the rest of the population to come and, and say, there's something here for me. You know, and there really is. There's something for everybody when you, when you, when you look at Broadway. My last question is, what haven't you done that you would like to do? Oh boy! Well, you know, it's it's fun. We, together, we've been exploring you know, movies together, uh, more shows that we're doing on Broadway because it's ever changing. It's never the never. same thing twice. So it's a very exciting. Uh, it's a way to. It's an exciting livelihood. We have been blessed to be able to make a career in an industry that we both love. And, uh, and so the future, well, we'll see what the future holds. But there are other mediums that we're working with as well in conjunction with live theater. Kind of like a combo of both? Like a combo of both, yes. Oh, I think that's coming. I'm looking for the, t the time that they bring holographs into it. I love holographs. Oh, oh, well, it's, it's just, you know, uh, it's just a, a stone's throw away. The future is right here. And Bonnie? Um, I don't know that this, I think I want to do more of what we're doing, but be able to do it better, I think. You know, be able to, you know, nothing, um, quite expands the audience like digital. You know, it's the it's a cheaper form, and I don't mean cheaper that it compromised, but economically. You know, economically we can put things out there quicker and faster, and I think that will engage people um, to sort of look at that. And then, the, as I said, the more of these types of captures that are done um, and made available to people, the more people get an appetite for it. Because it's like, well, what's next? What's next? What's the next? Show? Wait, I have a question. You just made me ask another. I'm sorry. Um, have you thought of like interactive uh, theater into streaming? Well, you know, we're sort of experimenting with that. We're pioneering a new industry and we're learning as we go along. So we've started to do these group watches with our shows. So you can actually get together with people uh, around the globe to watch at the same time one of our musicals or one of our shows and then chat about it while you're watching it. So there's a nice interaction while the show's going on with people, well, new people who love the theater. And it's, it's, it's another way to create community online. Absolutely. So, you know, it, and that's, I think, what people miss sometimes when they talk about, you know, oh, do I want to watch something digital? You know, is it on my phone or on my laptop or on my television, which sounds very solitary. But I mean, if you watch it on your big screen, you could watch it with your whole family in your living room. But I think that idea of something solitary, if you're just in an apartment or you live alone and you're just watching on a laptop, it's a way to replace the in-person community with an online community. I mean, we'll all agree that it's better to be in person for all of this, but, but, but this, if, is, yeah. if this is the next best thing. I actually, I wanted to create, it's funny that you, you, in this, I remembered this, I wanted to create a show where the audience cast 
the actors, the audience <laughs> cast, who was going to write the music, what the show was going to be about. I thought this would be the coolest thing ever. Um, I but agree. I, think I agree. But, but the road, yeah, but the, the, yeah, the, the you way that, you're going down, okay. like you're going to like a, a, a spontaneously like have somebody Sondheim, do this. You know, I the think, book yeah, right. exactly. Uh, I, mean, I want to see this actor. Yet. I think I, that would be fab. Yeah, and I think you know, with with things like Broadway HD, with layering in technology, right? Because theater at its heart is storytelling. Mm. And over the centuries that we've been storytelling, we've just added new technology. So whether that's, you know, you've added, it's what used to be candles and now it's lights in the theater. Or it used to be everybody used to just belt out the song and then there's, you know, some sort of microphones that can enhance things or that we can mic the orchestra. And then you, now when you go to a show, it's seamless. The, the set and the, 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 the projections, like sometimes you can't even tell which was actually a set piece and which was projections that were exactly. happening with the Hey, Aladdin oh, that, um, yes. I, don't, I still don't know how they did that. <laughs> and then the car and Back to the Future, so yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I think the technology is there that we've always layered it on. And I think with Broadway HD, the technology that we're layering on is the last layer, which is distribution. Right. So we're actually bring, using technology to bring the show to somebody that can't get to the theater. And that's the last layer that we're putting in here. Wait, I have another layer. Are you? <laughs> have you thought of like creating your own musical that will be there? Actually, that's on our docket. We have an original musical that we're putting together that we hope to shoot this spring. Oh, good, 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 good. See, you got to see. I'm on the zeitgeist. Yeah, you're exactly. uh, scooping it there. I am so thrilled that I had Stuart F. Lane and Bonnie Comley as my guests the Hotel Edison's guest for Live from the Edison Hotel, Times Square Chronicles Presents. I'd like to thank our amazing videographer and who does all the video and the sound, Magda Katz. I'd like to thank Craig Horsley for being a part of this. He's in Dubai right now, but he's coming back. And I'd also like to thank the Hotel Edison and Romel Gopez. Thank you so much for being with us, and this has been Live from the Edison Hotel, Times Square Chronicles presents.